Hey guys, welcome back to the Willis Talks podcast where we discuss all things business, innovation, culture and entrepreneurship. In this episode, I'm joined by Lucy Blackley, who is the founder of product lifecycle management company Bombix PLM. Hailing from the fashion industry, Lucy left the exec life to form her own business and create a more accessible approach to product lifecycle management. She discusses how using PLM can make businesses more streamlined and provide a cradle-to-grave solution to manage products from conception through to rollout, not only for the fashion industry, but a whole multitude of sectors, including startups. Lucy also touches upon some of the personal hurdles she's had to overcome as an entrepreneur, including the challenge of equality and overcoming that feeling of imposter syndrome that business leaders can sometimes feel. As always, please share, please subscribe and enjoy. Okay, Lucy Blackley, welcome to the Willis Talks podcast. Thanks for being on. Thank you very much. It's really good. I'm really excited to be on. Oh, really? I feel, I feel you've got like loads of topics that you're just going to throw at me and we're just going to do it. A... Yeah, I mean, there's lo- there's always something to talk about. And I think I think that's the beauty of this community is that there's so much going on all the time that you become part of so many different subjects and topics and you kind of add them to your own at the same time so we've got tons to talk about i'm sure yeah i mean we've had lots of conversations offline but i mean this is the thing of being in the community space isn't it like it like with c40i yeah you, i mean you can just speak to people about just about everything every day and you, you pretty much find a, sim- a similarity with pretty much everyone here in some vein of their journey probably you know like when i because i i joined c4di in january and uh, of 2019 but before so before that i'd come back from i was living in berlin and I come back uh, probably the previous May. And for about, yeah, about six, seven months, I was like, I've got nobody to talk to here. It's such a small town or it's a city. Uh, so I don't know what the, what the hell I'm doing here. And then I found C4DI and realized that there's a lot of people that have a similar mindset and probably, you know, that entrepreneurial background where they probably don't have a lot of people to talk to that understand them and then can sympathize, empathize and completely understand their journey. Mm, I hate mm. the word journey, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I, when I came here, I was like, wow, actually there's people I can talk to and stuff. And I've formed some really solid friendships. So I think it's a, a good mm. place for work and, and leisure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we should clarify C4DI, so Centre for Digital Innovation. So this is a communal space here in Hull, primarily... Yeah focused on the tech industry, but not not exclusively, but um, certainly the, the digital area is, is where the focus of this, this building is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've got we've got all sorts of you know, social media, copywriters, um, you know, minds of software, technology. But there's I think the beauty of C4DI with the Barclays Eagle Labs is that we don't really have a specialism. I mean, it's going along more along the lines of health tech lately. Yeah, because there's yeah. a lot of health tech companies in here. Yeah. But what I do love about us is that we we don't really have specialism. So you've got people from all walks of lives and experiences, and we kind of just collaborate together. And I think ideas come out and they can't really solid. Whereas other ones like London, you've got fintech and stuff that's very specific. I just like it that we we can do all sorts. Yeah, yeah. So you're the founder of um, Bombix PLM. Yes. Um, before we get into all of this, I know I asked you this yesterday, but now we're on the recording, so we can do it officially. Yeah. Bombix, give give the, the, the method behind the name. So Bombix, uh, so I've had the name since 2012, but I didn't start the business till 2017. I knew I wanted the name and it didn't link up uh, originally until it became a PLM system, which is product lifecycle management. And it, the name just made more sense as the more I developed into it. So a bombix, a, the bombix mori is a silkworm. And so it'll go from the egg to the silkworm, to the cocoon, to the moth. But just before it gets to the moth, you've got the cocoon and it produces the silk, which I consider the product and the profit. And then uh, it'll get to the moth and then the moth will rehatch eggs and it'll go around. And to me, that's similar to a product and similar to a business in its life cycle. So I was like, right, okay, the PLM system, which is about product life cycle, mm is going to be called Bombix. Yeah. And that's kind of where we came from. And a lot of people always ask that and they, they love the name once they understand what a Bombix is. The story is great. I love yeah, the story. Yeah. About yeah, it. It's, it's really good. good. Uh, and so for those listening who haven't guessed, we're pretty much focused on the fashion industry, although not exclusively, but like uh, when, when we're talking about PLM and we're going to go into detail of that and you're referring to the silk, you know, we're, we're talking primarily around clothing here or the manufacturing of, of fashion and clothing. Yeah, well, I mean, my background is uh, the apparel industry. I was originally a garment technologist. I've done pattern cutting, uh, product development my whole career. And then I headed up uh, for one of Europe's biggest online retailers in the menswear department. But the more we've developed Bombix, 
the more people have come at us and said, can this work for my industry? And now we're kind of tweaking it to adjust to other industries. So it's any physical product that you want to take from concept through to production. Mm-hmm. And going back to your um, former life, if you like your corporate life, so you had like head of product development, you, I know you was well-traveled in that role. What's made the switch between going from there? Because obviously you've you kind of been right in the, uh, the, the the cusp of it there in, in the corporate world. What's made you switch away from that and come into kind of taking your own journey, you know, to quote the term journey, or doing yeah. it in your own business? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I, to, to me, everything, it was almost an accident in a way. I didn't think that it would become a business. I, coming from a very working class background, kind of not having an awful lot of money growing up, uh, I got to my job in the industry where I'd kind of reached what I consider my peak, which yeah. is staying on the product, but not as far as going beyond and just being in a boardroom all day. Mm. That would completely bore me. I needed mm. to be around the creative people that are creating the actual product. Um, so I I got as far as I wanted to go. And then I saw all these glitches in systems that I'd been using yeah. for absolutely, for every company basically that I've been working with. There was always a problem or they were using Excel I thought, God, I, I can do something a lot better than this. Because, And then I started researching some of the companies and realized that a lot of them didn't have a background in apparel, but were making apparel systems. So I was like, right, that's interesting because I've got a background in it. So maybe I can do something that's worth something, hopefully. So it started as a hobby, a very, very weird hobby. I had all this money that I'd saved up. I was going to buy a house and I started to fall out of love with my job. Mm. And I was like, right, okay, then I don't want a house because... If I get the house, I've still got to go to a job that I'm miserable at every day. So I want to do something that I feel fulfilled. I feel like I've got purpose. And hopefully one day the house will come and everything's moving along nicely now. You know, that that, that sacrifice uh, for those uh, few years is, is, you know, it's slowly paying off now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just started with that and I was like, right, OK, I'm going to put this money into the system. I went on people per hour. I recruited a team. And we just went from there, developed the system. And that was three March 2016. I started drafting out the drawings, uh, PDFs, wireframes, whatever you want to call them. And uh, by October, I'd submitted it to someone, signed a contract. And we've been together ever since. Uh, so a team of developers that had no experience in fashion. Mm. And now, to me, if, if I was still in the fashion industry and they came for a job in fashion, I would definitely employ them. They, yeah. they probably know more than me now, you know, mm. which is... Mm. It, and it's their... It's they're they're so attentive at knowing every detail. Yeah. I used to get so pissed off at them asking me, what is this and what is that and what is this? I'd be like, you don't need to know that, you just need to know the function. Yeah. And they'd be yeah. like, no, really, we need to know that. Yeah. And it paid off. It was my ignorance to say that you don't need to know that, because it is it's paid off ten a hundred times over yeah. with them knowing what the industry is like. Yeah, yeah. Do you think moving away as well, because you was going quite senior in your in your corporate role, you mean you yeah. was heading up departments and things like that. Do you think as you go higher up that kind of management chain, you, you touched upon earlier on about being in the boardroom, et cetera, that it almost takes away a little bit of the the beauty of why you was in the industry in the first place. I mean, for example, one of my good friends, is he works in manufacturing and um, he's now moved up and he's quite senior. But he hates it because he spends most of his time in an office involved in kind of like client relations and quotes and all this kind of stuff. And he actually likes just using his tools and building things, you know, and he sort of misses that element. But he still wants that part of growth. So do you think it's either or almost in, in corporate whilst when you go into your own world, you pretty much everything's at your own fingertips. You're you're responsible for everything. You wear all the hats. Yeah, yeah. You're the cleaner. You're, you're every single job. You're from, from the cleaner through to the the manager, you know, the post person, whatever it is when you're starting out, that's that's who you are and you've got to accept that. But I, I I definitely feel like your friend. I got to that position where, I mean, I'm a very creative person and mm. to just be in, I mean, I love, I love being a leader um, and I spent a lot of time researching stuff on being a better leader. Yeah. Uh, leadership's super important for, for any team and I became really good at it and we got one of the highest performing teams which was great. Um, but I don't know, sometimes you get hindered by certain, some, some corporations are so big that they they become inflexible. And sometimes it's not even that, but it's maybe it's just the management that you have to report to mm. that isn't as maybe that your ideas are potentially too big uh, for them to take them on or they're not, they don't share the same values as you. And I think yeah. when people don't share the same values, that's when, that's when innovation dies, basically. Yeah. You've got to have that 
real chemistry within mm. a team. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I mean, and the other thing about that as well, and what I find so amazing with it is that now, um, and you saying you was using things like people per hour and stuff to bring in experts and stuff. I mean, you can do that. I mean, you can go and set up something up if, if that's your passion and that's your thing. Um, and the tools are out there for you to, to, to do it. You can bring people in, you can utilize skills, you can access pretty much any software. You know, the internet pretty much is your golden goose for just about everything in that world. So if you want to do that, you, you can take the leap. Whilst maybe, I don't know, even 10 or no, maybe 15 years ago, the, the opportunity was less so. If you was leaving that kind of corporate life, the security of doing that, it was harder to do that because you would need money and infrastructure and things to do those sort of things. But, I mean, there there is a worry when you leave. Yeah. And I mean, I... I mean, I didn't really have a choice in leaving. I did. I could have. I could have gone to another job. Yeah. But I was. Uh, I was made redundant from my role. Uh, thankfully, because it it developed into what this is. I always think that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And you know, you've got to pick that direction. I could have gone into another job, but I wouldn't have been happy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my redundancy was uh, slightly unfair. Well, I say slightly. That's an understatement. It was incredibly unfair. But at the end of the day, I wasn't happy there. So, and, but the thing is, you have that fear of, it's the jump, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. where you're like, all oh, my salary, you know, I've got commitments, I've got responsibilities, I've got all of this. Mm. What is going to happen if, if I can't pay something or yeah. this and that? But uh, you've just got, I think you have got to take that risk. Well, that, that, and that's what holds a lot of people back though, isn't it? It's that, it's that, it is that fear. And sometimes it's rational. Sometimes I, I think it's fair to say it can be irrational because yeah. you're all, you can almost overthink it. You know, naturally we have our expenses. We know we need to pay the rent or the house or whatever. Um, but the, the, I think it stops, it's easy to put the barrier up and not take the leap. And I guess that's what separates with like an entrepreneur and a non-entrepreneur yeah. really ultimately, because yeah. entrepreneurial people are, are willing to really, you know, put themselves out there and, and make the leap. And despite the barriers, you know, they're yeah. willing to have a jump at it. Um, and, may, and maybe that's, you know, I think people like the idea of the kind of having your own business and being entrepreneurial. But you really, you, you know, you really do get battered and bruised to do that. Well, I, I, I wasn't even a risk taker. I yeah. wasn't an entrepreneur. Yeah. I just, I got sick of something. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about what product lifecycle management is. So when you have a product, you have the design, you assign the bill of material. So whatever that, let's say it's a jacket. You've got the main fabric, the lining fabric, the buttons, the zips, uh, the the fusing to stiffen the collars, um, all sorts of items to make the labels, the packaging. Mm. And basically it's to help the supplier understand your vision to create it as near as possible. And then you'll take it through to measurements. So if it's a jacket, the chest, the length, the arms, all of that, and then all the different sizes in between. So how it's gonna increase or decrease in size. Uh, so we call them gradings. Then you've got your testing for your product. You've got your care labels. Uh, then you've got all your sample development. You've got all your approvals to put in there. And it's just a one, one spot where everyone can come in and collaborate mm. and have the same piece of information. Because a lot of them, people were getting on Excel sheets and the supplier had sent something back, but they'd broken the formulas and then maybe it went to production and the measurements were wrong or the colours had been come off the PDF or something. They printed it out, but it went onto another page or something. You know, mm. there were so many problems behind product development and getting that visualisation correct on the supplier side that... Um, it just needed to happen where the, you know a system was there for people. And don't get me wrong, there's so many systems out there, mm. but there was none really for startups or SMEs. Mm. And mm. that's where I felt there was an injustice in a way yeah. because I wanted... The thing is now with the, re the retail rebirth, you know, you've seen a lot of big shops closing down. Mm. Um, in the future, people are coming more brand loyal they're going to go for more for startups or small businesses and they need a chance to be able to uh, streamline and uh, go to market as quick as the bigger companies. Yeah. So they need a system that's affordable and mm. that's simple because a lot of the systems, they're not simple. They're very, very complex mm. to use. They're very archaic. They look like they're made off MS-DOS or, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever is really archaic in design. So you don't, you shouldn't have to have a, an additional rocket science degree to use a computer if you're a creative. Yeah. You just need to know how to use it. So treat it like social media. Everyone knows how to do it without instructions. Mm. So that's why we started to design it and develop it, make it affordable. Uh, but actually with that, big companies have come on now and been like, we really love the system. So even though we aimed it at startups and SMEs, 
big companies now want to be more flexible like startups and SMEs. Mm. And now they're coming towards and saying, hey, this is an agile PLM. Yeah. You know, what do we have to do to get on board? Which is, it's fantastic. You know, it's kind of, it's done the job and more. And we've, I don't know, I feel like there's a, there's a uh, culture is one of the main things within, in a business. And if people feel so numb and so dead because of all the glorified admin tasks that they have to do, all the things that don't inspire them mm. and the things that they didn't sign up for, mm. if they have to do all that, they become numb to really important issues. They're just sick of it. So yeah. I was like, if I can get a system to do all the legwork of the things that they didn't sign up for yeah. or do as minimal as possible and it does all the duplications and whatnot for them, then they'll enjoy their job more. There's longevity yeah. in their in yeah. their role. There's less training costs because they have the companies that have to employ new people. Yeah, and you're getting speed to market on your products. Mm. Your products then is on time more, so you can stay full price for longer, and it creates a better relationship with you and your supplier. Yeah, and that's interesting. I mean, in in, a, in an earlier podcast we did with uh, Matt Johnson, when we were talking about social media. He touched upon a little bit of that in terms of the difference between, say, like social media marketing and administering social media. He yeah. said those are two different things. You know, it, like you could be an admin assistant, like put, putting a post on Facebook is administration. Um, but like managing the strategy and the content and all the stuff that goes around it, that's social media management. Um, and I, I think I think you're right. I think if you if you put a system, whether that's a CRM system or um, a PLM system or any other system yeah. in, a, in a business like that, if you're spending so much of your time administering that system, then you're an you're an administrator. Yeah. You're not doing your actual job. Yeah. And what and what I like about what you're doing is one, you're targeting to you're you're enabling smaller companies to have that flexibility to be able to do that. Because you're right, typically, particularly with sort of back end systems, they are targeted to that big corporate. So it's really hard to get even to afford it to even yeah. entertain it in the first place. Um, but two, like the large corporates, um, behind that is just people, right? Yeah. You know, the people that work there and they want their job as simple and as easy as possible to get through. It's supposed to be a vehicle to help them do their job as opposed to be their job. Yes. You know, though, like, uh, I think sometimes, uh, I think some, it depends on, to me, there's a, a big difference between a leader and a manager. Yeah. Uh, so for me, if you've got a manager, they would be worried if they took all those jobs away from you and gave that to a system and be like, what are they going to be doing with their time? Because mm. I'm paying them to do that. But you're not paying them to do it. You're paying them to create great products and innovate and actually, you know, add, add value to the business. You're not paying them to be administrators that's in the right. first place. So yeah. for me, a leader understands more that that's what you need to do than a manager. And it, it's all about mindset. And, yeah. you know, I'm not even going to say it's generational because I know so many people that are from different generations that are very open-minded, very, you know, they are leaders. Mm. And, uh, but I also know some managers, which is, for me, it's a, everyone should be a leader. Everyone should be inspiring and, you know, serving their team. Yeah, yeah. And product product life cycle management as well. So that that is applicable outside of the clothing industry as well. So if, if I was in a completely unrelated industry, how could I, as a business owner, utilize that for my... Well, it's like, uh, I mean, it's everything. It's from electronics. You've got so many components there that need to be brought together. How are those components attached? You know, where do they go? What's the colorways? Is there several colorways? Is there several sizes? Um, glasses, we're both wearing them. There's all the little screws. There's the materials. There's the is, colors. Is, is, is the system already adapted? I mean, is it adopted rather? Is that already by, by companies, uh, you know, in, across all industries? Or is this, is this, a, is this a new way of management or is have we always done this but we've just done it through a long-winded process um it's not it's definitely not new for them maybe other industries call it something else yeah. some will call it plm yeah. a lot of people call it plm product yeah. lifecycle management some will call and then you've got pdm which is product data management right which is something that was just before plm kind of has some of the same aspects but it's not as fully fledged as uh, you know, and circular as a PLM system, I, w I would say so anyway. Maybe it is in aspects, but it's definitely one behind PLM or mm. several behind PLM. I think it's just an old dated system. I think a lot of people want to use PLM systems now that yeah. are in product. Um, so it's definitely not new. People know about it. It's just when you buy things, you don't think about all the complexities. You yeah. just think, I like that. But it takes a long time to develop uh, a jacket, that rucksack, you know, mm. a laptop, the headphones, mm. even glassware, you know, mm. or something if it's colors or it's done in a certain way. These manufacturers need to know how so they can replicate it or work out a way to make it 
uh, to reach the target price that the buyer is willing to pay for. Because yeah. it's all those aspects. So it's not just about the product, it's about the price, mm. profits, logistics. And even that, that goes way beyond PLM. Our PLM does a lot of other things. It's not just the PLM, but we call it Bombix PLM. I think eventually we're going to have to just call it Bombix yeah. because it's becoming an ERP. It's becoming a CRM. Yeah. It's becoming all of so these. So it becomes modular in, 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 yeah. in, in add-ons and things And you like add on that. what you want yeah, or don't yeah. want because the idea is to make it keep it affordable yeah. so that when you scale, it can scale with you and you can add on things that will help you progress at your next level in your business's growth. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say as well at the moment or certainly for the last decade, we've been going through a digital revolution is probably the fair term to use. Um, and so the need for streamlining, regardless of the size of your business, is is now vaster than ever, really. Um, and embracing digital technology and, uh, and doing things quicker and having automation and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. Have you noticed that there's been a real uptick uh, with what your offer is on the back of that? Or, uh, you know, in the conversations you're having with clients, are they sort of, are they, is that an active reason for contacting you or do you think people that are companies are still a little bit blind to I think what's people, happening? UK companies are a little bit blind I think they're really slow to catch on yeah and now it's growing within the UK and I've got some actually my first clients were Canadian and then um, I had some from the Netherlands you know and other places in Europe and uh, you know we've just started to uh, get UK clients on board and, you know, because they're so, I think, you know, it's that whole idea of change. People do not like change mm. and they're frightened of uh, slowing down their business, but they're, you can't go any slower than an Excel sheet that's broken. And, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. But yeah. these things, these are, it's like me worrying about going from a normal job to being an entrepreneur, I guess. Yeah. It's that worry. And I guess it's it's a similar transition. What if this doesn't? You know, what if? But, yeah. you know, if you consider, if you keep thinking what if yeah. and never do anything, you, can, you can't really improve. Yeah. So, yeah, no, there's UK slow to catch on, but now it's coming about. And education, I think, is going to change that. I've had a mass, like a, a huge uh, influx of uh, communications from uh, uh, universities saying, we need this, we need this. Uh, we need it teaching to them. Right. They need to learn about it. And I feel that in the future, it's, I think it eventually will come around to the UK in a, in a big way. You know, people, because sometimes you ask people in the fashion industry in the UK, you talk about PLM, they don't know what it stands for, mm, yeah. uh, which is fine. Mm. Uh, but it's bigger, it's always been, uh, I think North America is always quicker to catch on to these things. Sure, sure. And then Europe is uh, more so than the UK. Yeah, just a little bit slow, a little bit. I think sometimes we're a little bit behind. Yeah, I think so. I mean, definitely in terms of, um, I, you touched upon it earlier on in terms of company culture as well, which I think is such a massive catalyst behind this because um, certainly some of some of my clients via Identic Group, they... Um, you speak to them, and these are very smart people. Some of these are scientists, you know, very, very clever people, but completely un unaware of really what's going on digitally out there. Um, and not, you know, not because of intelligence, just but purely because they're blinkered, you know, because they're so focused in their, this is the culture, this is the job, this is the, the metric I need to hit, or whatever it is that they're, yeah. they're doing in their role. Um, and, you know, company cultures have really got to get around to that, that, that enabling that change of thinking, haven't they? Otherwise, um, that's going to be a big... Um, a big sticking point for them moving forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it. There, there was. It's always been going on in my industry as well, where mm. it is a change. And we had, you know, as much as I said before, like you know, I'm I'm glad that I got made redundant in a way because I'm able to now do great things with great people, and I'm able to add my part to the industry and and make the change. And mm. don't get me wrong, it's been it's been incredibly hard work, but there's mm. something so satisfying about it. But prior to that we would go into these leadership workshops with employees or team members or whatever. Mm. And uh, we would talk about change and innovation and people would feel so inspired by it. But as soon as they left that workshop, they just went back to normal. Mm. You have to integrate change or, you know, or not straight away, but have solid plans to do it. I think sometimes it's, it's just, to some people it's a nice break in a workshop. Yeah. There's some free drinks, some free biscuits. And then they go back and it's normal and then they don't touch it again for a year until yeah. they're in the shit and they mm. then need to make a move on something again. It's just, we need to react quicker. Yeah. But people don't. And I mean, because my mindset is in change and I do like change. I don't have that mindset. So sometimes it, I struggle to comprehend. I'm like, why are you not doing it? You know, you yeah. you really, the pain and the torture is all on you and you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. You know, because... Yeah. 
things don't have to be as hard as they are. You, they should be digital. I think digital and technology, it's the way forward. And with PLM, a lot of people say, they go, oh, um, you're taking people's jobs off them. It's, we're not taking anyone's jobs off them. We're actually making their job easier so they can get back to doing what they're experts at yeah. and leaving the mundane, the mm. admin, to the system. And it's so, and that that's absolutely right. You're right on the money there because it really, that's so misunderstood, isn't it? You know, the technological age has come along and taken our jobs and things like that. It's like, we're not, we're, it really is making your life easier yeah. and enabling you to get back to what, what it is that you're good at, you know, yeah. and removing some of that stress, but also increasing so much opportunity for you as well because you, you're able to reach you know, if you just to take the general term, the internet, you're yeah. able to do just about anything or reach just about anywhere at a vast reduced cost in terms of advertising, in terms of reach, in terms of um, content and all the stuff that goes with it that you, you know, you couldn't even get anywhere near, you know, yeah. 10 or 15 years ago. So, I mean, the opportunity is there. And then in other things in like technologies like... Um, like immersive technologies or VR or, or anything yeah. like that. I mean, these are real opportunities for training and for, you know, understanding how to design a jacket or whatever without all the physical materials that are going yeah. into it. You know, so there's so much opportunity there, isn't there? Which I think people are missing out on, really. Well, do you know, <clears throat> excuse me, also, you know, you've got this thing where, um, you know, a lot of companies do slow down or they're not making as much money as their targets or whatever. And they don't, they've got all these systems in place, but sometimes the systems can really hinder you. Mm. It has to be this way because not everybody is efficient in the same way. Sure. And you have to understand that personality is a big thing. And you have mm. to, as long as they get deliver the same results, allowing people to do it in their way so that they can work as quick as you would do it in your way. Mm. You know, like <clears throat> the company that I worked for previously, they, they got rid of 300 people in, in one go. And it, it wasn't because anyone was, you know, couldn't do their job. It's because they didn't have the money anymore. They were throwing money into all these uh, collections, but it wasn't about quality. It was about quantity. It mm. was about price. It was about sure. cheapness. In the beginning, it was about quality and beauty. Mm. But I think patience is a big thing in these things. And it's way, they want the sales to happen quickly. Mm. And so they started to reduce their qualities and stuff. Mm. And now, you know, they got rid of 300 people, as I said. That company doesn't exist anymore. Because it, it wasn't sustainable, you know. People were bogged down by the processes. They didn't enjoy their job anymore. Yeah. A lot of people didn't enjoy being in the fashion industry anymore, which mm. is a real shame because it's an incredibly creative industry. Mm. And it's a lot of fun to be around if you get into the right company. Uh, but I think, yeah, a lot of companies, they, they get so bogged down by certain things like cheapness and price and sales and not enough about the brand and the story and the quality and having that patience to live it through, create the momentum and the story around it and watch it grow from there. I think when you're chasing money, mm. uh, no one's going to win. You've got to love what you do and it's got to be something that's really true to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, I think a business leaders essentially, I mean, they, they need to be an, an, an enablers really for their employees and giving them the tools and the opportunities and the ability to be creative and the ability to innovate and do all of this sort of stuff. And rather than forcing it, as you said, forcing a specific thing onto a specific employee, and you must do it like this or whatever. It's like, look, here's what's available out there. Yeah. You you can use it. However, you whatever makes your job easier and quicker and faster, whatever enables you to do the best at what you're good at doing. And that yeah. and you know the tools are there. And really, there is no graphic change really as such that they need to make. They just need to be open to adopting what's what's coming out. Is, yeah, is completely. Point, really. Yeah, I think. I mean, for me, yeah, with with all of this, it's. You know, they, they, these did, they did have a PLM system in place and it's actually their PLM system that inspired me to do mine yeah. on a much more, uh, just better, you know, uh, just to, to create a smarter product because they didn't use it in the end because it was so bad, it was so bugged. And so they'd go back to Excel and then they'd go back to the PLM and then go back to Excel. And the process was just a mess. But they, I think when they see people working late into the night, they're thinking, oh, everyone's working. So, you know, this has got to work. But if you've got a bad process... Um, the business is going to fail in in, sure. in the long run. And that's why it didn't survive. And that's why so many people lost their jobs. But mm. luckily, a lot of them are incredibly talented mm. and they've gone on to bigger and better things, you yeah. know. So I just don't know. It, it's scary, but that people don't understand how important and how great technology can be and that you don't have a choice. You, you have to embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think the perception of the fashion industry is now then? You know, so, so for me, like not coming from that industry, Definitely, but I, I certainly have, I have a role in music, so I kind of have a creative 
side, if you like. Um, and I think often from the outside, the fashion kind of looks like that. Fashion industry looks like that because you see all the stuff with style and catwalks and magazines and all the kind of glamour of it. But of course, underneath that whole thing is a real, uh, it's a mechanics, a mechanism that's building that whole thing, isn't it? It's quite, it has a darker side, is it fair to say, or it certainly has in the past, what people probably don't get to see on the front end. Yeah, completely. I mean, <clears throat> I think every industry has a behind the scenes. Mm. And I do think that music and fashion are very much connected. Mm. You know, without music, we can't have these catwalk shows. Without, mm. with, without the adverts, it creates a mood, it creates an atmosphere. Mm. But that aside and going into behind the scenes, I do think we're getting better. Um, I think there's a long way to go. I do yeah. think the industry in many ways can be corrupt. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of things about modern day uh, slave labor. Yeah. Um, I mean, ethics is a big, big question, isn't it? Which comes up even with some of our most prominent stores in, in the UK. I mean, it was only a few years ago that the, these questions were coming up, where we were sourcing clothes, how they were being manufactured. Um, are, are we doing enough really as a country, to, as, 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 as a government, if you like, as a country to, to challenge where products material, how it's manufactured and how the retailers are powered? I mean, there's a lot of solutions out there that can help uh, with this. It's whether or not the uh, companies want to adapt to those uh, solutions. Yeah. You know, so the companies are responsible for a lot of things. The government can only do so much if they don't fully understand an industry. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so they've got to understand it. But those people in the industry do understand it. Mm. You know, I've seen some real horror stories. Uh, you know, absolute shit shows. And mm. it's been terrible to see, you know, I've, I've seen in, in Bangladesh, you know, people wading through, you know, urine and, uh, you know, just shit and piss, basically. Mm. Um, I don't know how to put it any nice, mm. you know, nicer mm. than that, mm. uh, to get to their sewing machines and stuff. And you're reporting all these kind of atrocious sites uh, because you, you know, you, that can't run, that can't happen. Mm. These people are going to have health issues but those, you've got to think those people as well, they're scared because they need the wages. They sure. need to pay for their families or whatever. Mm. I've seen stuff like that. I've seen Syrian refugees, um, you know, without paperwork, coming into a country because theirs is war-torn mm. and, you know, needing a job and you can't leave them on the streets. And so you've mm. got to work with them to to help them and support them because they, they need the support. They don't mm. have a home to go back to. So it's this is their new beginning. Mm. Uh, I've seen some, I've seen, as I said, I've seen some absolute horror stories. And in my head, I don't know, not, not even in my head. I just think we, we're doing a lot, but there's a lot further to go. But mm. if you're, like, the thing is, because we're not, we're not overseas all the time, because a lot of it is done overseas. Mm. If we're our office in the UK, what they are doing when mm. we're not there and we can't see, mm. That's also their governments and their countries. Yeah, sure. Everyone is responsible and we've got yeah. to do our best. It's the same with the environment. You know, just doing your best is is all you can do. And, mm. But we've got to work together collectively to really make the change. You know, it's similar to voting and politics. Like, you know, a lot of people saying my vote won't make a difference, so I'm not going to vote. So a lot of people then don't vote. And, you mm. know, look at the like the Greta Thunberg, like all these people now on Fridays are coming together. And this is one girl, one little girl who's... Mm. You know, whether you love her or, or, or don't, you know, you can't deny that what she she's done, it's incredible. Mm. And it's the same with any industry that has some kind of, that change needs to happen. We need to come together and demand it. And actually, I think people mm. nowadays, have, it's more about it's coming from the people mm. and not from the companies. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> similar to, uh, sorry, uh, similar to buying, mm. um, buying years ago, the brands would tell you what you're going to wear mm. uh, now we tell the brands what we're going to wear and they have to buy it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they, they were the influencers and yeah. now we're the influencers. Yeah, so the power has shifted, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, again, probably highly as a result of the digital age because yeah. we can communicate and power and we have a voice a, a, a voice that spreads very quickly, as you've just alluded to. Um, and so things probably are actually getting a lot stronger and a lot more ethical, I guess, in, in that and across industries as a result of that. But I suppose there's a crossover between um, when you talk about people, I mean, it's consumerism, isn't it? You know, they're, yeah. they're, make, they're making product that we want to buy. Ultimately, we want it there. We want it immediately. We want yeah. it as quickly as we can get it. So someone has to produce that somewhere. Yeah. Um, and to, to meet those targets, um, 
certainly there isn't an excuse for it, but it appears to be that they they, they feel they need to do these things quicker and, and therefore the standards by default are lowering yeah. because they're trying to produce or get material together or whatever so quickly. And so to, as a unified planet, if you like, we've got to, um, we've got to get the balance there, haven't we, between... I mean, this is it. I mean, there's so much competition now uh, with uh, with stores as well. You know, we as you say, we, I think we're responsible. We want the product quickly. Mm. We want it, you know. And if they're reacting to that because they see a business in that and they're going to do that and they'll mm. stress until they get it. But do you know what I mean? Do you see what I mean about the whole, um, like, you know, the Greta Thunberg and the, yeah. the change? And then, you know, all these things like we... It, it is like even voting, you know, all those people that don't vote because it doesn't make a difference. If they all voted, you could see the mass change it would make yeah. based on looking at people that are walking on these strikes now for the environment and stuff. It does count. And I think we are the power now and we need mm. to kind of keep pushing through. Yeah. There was a, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of uh, Mary Portis and uh, I went to see her on a book tour for a book called Work Like a Woman. And it was about, it wasn't a book for women. Men could read it. It's a brilliant book. But it's more about kindness and empathy within mm. leadership roles and mm. removing what we call dinosaurs from mm. those roles and bringing in people with feelings and understanding, you know, that we are human. Yeah. And she had a TED talk recently in London and she talked about what is now the kindness economy mm. where people are responding more to ethical products. Yeah. You know, whereas years ago it was all about status symbols. I don't care as long as I've got this big name emblazoned across my my clothes. Mm. I, I literally don't care. But now I think there is a kindness economy coming in where people are, are caring more. Where does it come from? Who made it? You mm. know, uh, all of these things, you know, how is it sourced? All of this. So there are things changing, but, mm. you know, in, influences like, Mary Portis and Greta Thunberg. I mean, two very different influences on mm. very different scales. Mm. But you know, I would I would definitely say Mary Portis is, a, is an influencer, and you know, I mean, she's incredible. I, I met her, and uh, she's just absolutely lovely. Mm. Um, but yeah, we we just need more people like that that can really say we've had enough. And and that's amazing. I, I, and it's definitely what I love about, um, particularly about the digital age, is that you can do that. Someone can have a voice and it can start with one voice and then become a million voices and 10 million voices. And yeah. it can happen so very quickly. And and you're right. We're not all of a sudden, at a, I want that at all costs. You know, we're now a, that animal or that person or, you know, that country should not be suffering as a result of me having this product or this piece of food or whatever. And we're, yeah. at, we're actually getting to it's becoming a voice and we're getting to that stage where we're starting to recognize that. And I think that's a, that's a massive shift in public consciousness in the, in the last, you know, um, only in recent years, really. Yeah, it I is, mean, it's completely recent. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, but I mean, do we really need things that much that it puts someone else in that situation? Exactly, yeah, you know, but you also got to like, you know, sometimes you're thinking, what do I do? Because, mm. you know, people go mad about certain stores being so cheap or mm. whatever. Mm. But if those people, if those shops didn't order from them, that person wouldn't have a job necessarily. And it's like... That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, balance, isn't yeah. it? It really it's is a what balance. What do you do? And there has to be control of that. I mean, I was thinking the other day we, when we've been doing a lot of the climate stuff up here in the Humber and, and I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying, look, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite, really, because I, I'm sort of screaming about this stuff, but I still fly in aeroplanes. I, you know, I fly rel relatively frequently because I travel for work and things. Yeah. Um but I don't think we should stop flying on aeroplanes. I accept they're massive polluters. And, but my, my view is if we can get that whatever million tons piece of metal into the sky and make it fly, yeah. then we can make it green. Yeah. Uh, and what we need to do is we need to innovate and change. You know, we Don't go backwards. Don't change the industrial revolution. Just advance it to make yeah. it nice for the planet. And, and I think that's possible. That is possible to do. Um, but there's a lot of navigating around... Um, politics and money and whatever that comes with it but the, going back to the public kind of consciousness that's really forcing that kind of stuff to happen yeah completely and you know like you've just said about about balance it's like you know because you do feel guilty sometimes about our own behaviors and what yeah. we're doing but you do have to just try your best you know sometimes you are limited and it takes a, a, a strong a really strong person to be able to say i don't need any of that and because you do get used to the convenience sure and uh but it's which isn't said, necessarily a bad thing no it's not i mean it's you know, it, we all want convenience. That's why we've got smartphones now. Yeah. It's why we've got all this stuff. It's why we talk to something in our house to tell us what our agenda is for the day. Uh, yeah. So whilst we're, well, not yourself, but whilst I'm putting on my makeup in the morning or something, 
I don't need to be looking at something whilst I'm getting ready. Mm. I, so I, I ask Alexa and she tells me what is on for my day. And it's all about convenience. So we've got all these technologies and I'm not saying Alexa is polluting the air or anything, but you know, there is ways that we can do it with things. You know, if, we've, if we're so advanced that we can do that and that was done years ago, sure. now we can improve on that. And I think we will do, mm. you know, looking now, like, you know, I think the, one of the airlines was producing edible coffee cups now. Which I, is, saw, yeah. I saw that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so I saw good. That. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. I loved it. Well, the trialing X, I don't, don't know what it tastes like, yeah, yeah. but I think it's brilliant. And, uh, you know, we've just got to try our best and it's the balance, but it's the same with consumption. Mm. It is, we don't need all that stuff. We do need to buy more selectively. Mm. And, you know, because as I said, just about that, you know, though if, if we didn't do that, would that person have a job? Mm. But it's, it's you know, as much as it is the people need to force it, those companies really need to say, okay, what if that was my own child or my own, you know, how would I mm. feel about that? And work together as countries if we're going to work in this global globalised production unit mm. um, and say, okay, enough's enough. What do we need to do to work together? Because mm. I've seen factories go out of business because they just want to have a brand come to them and produce their clothes, but the brand wants such a low price that the factory give it to them because they want the brand to be on their books, mm. but then they can't afford to stay open because the price is so low. Because once that brand gets used to those prices, mm. they don't want to help them. And then they will move to another factory and don't care that that factory has gone out of business. That's a problem. Mm. It's a time for collaboration. Businesses work better together. Mm. You know, it used to be a more competitive thing where their brands or companies would do everything on their own. But now you see a lot more collaborations, you know, with, with brands and, yeah. and, you know, companies. I think that's amazing as well. I mean, I, I think in terms of, you know, it almost sounds idealistic, but it, these things are possible. We was having a conversation the other week with someone and we were saying about an industrial estate and you say you have, you know, I don't know, there's 10 factories on there and maybe eight of them make similar related kind of products or have a similar skill set that run that factory. And then you think about all the waste that comes out of those factories, the um, the logistics, the transportation, the people they hire or whatever. And, you know, maybe people don't have to lose their job. Maybe there is a way that you have a charter, a collaboration or whatever, and you can utilize the skills from different areas or, or the the, um, the logistics or the machinery or whatever it might be of these different places to produce so that everyone gets to maintain their role, but we're kind of reducing the the, the impact of, of what that is. You know, which sounds very idealistic and it definitely needs a lot more detail than yeah. that top line thought. But the idea of collaborating surely is is one option to try and tackle some of those challenges. Everything works better when people work together. Yeah. It's, you know, one, two heads are better than one, they always say that, you yeah. know. And to have, you know, maybe you're a specialist in something and they're a specialist in something. To bring those two together, it would make more sense to do that and have two experts doing that rather than you knowing your product or whatever it is and then trying to do everything around it and yeah. weakening that. You can do it together. Yeah. Everyone can profit. Everyone can win. And it, yeah. it doesn't just go for business. It goes for everything. I do think that everything is, is it's just better when it's done together. I mean, look at these co-working spaces. People are working on their own. They're going to the next person to do a job. Like, you know, you'll have a web, a web designer that will get a copywriter mm. that will get someone to do their SEO maybe. Uh, someone to do the social media. What They're all working together, but they're working on their own and everyone gets a little bit of something. Everyone's living uh, their passion. And, yeah. you know, it's not saying that's going to be, that is idealistic mm. and not, not everyone's going to do that. But I think, you know, you, you get the drift of what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think uh, that the opportunities are definitely there. And I think it is happening more and more. It, it is coming about more and more in, in that... Um, People are recognizing that they're, they're needing to partner up and they're needing to share, even even on a small scale, to share skills. Uh, even within one business, you know, you typically have like siloed departments and stuff like that. And they're realizing that they have to be less siloed because they need to understand what each other are doing if they're yeah. both going to benefit. And I think if we can remove that kind of, you know, that force field that sits around like either industries or specific businesses or yeah. communities or whatever it might, I mean, it's, it's applicable across the board. Um, then, you know, there's more opportunity, the doors open, you know, and I think we, we have to get our heads around that most definitely. It's it's just dropping the ego yeah. and like saying, actually, we're, I mean, you, we're all just people. It just yeah. get rid of that ego, work together. I think it's just, it's just nicer, it's friendly, it's collaborative, it's fun, you yeah. know, and uh, who doesn't want to live every day doing what they do and have fun with it? Yeah. I yeah. know, I know that I would and I know yeah. that I do. Uh, but, you know, more companies need to work towards that to increase their cultures with their workers so that everyone can live loving what they do 
the productivity and the outcome will always thrive much mm. more than if people, you know, think I'm the best and sure. have all that. Yeah, it's, it's just common sense. Yeah, yeah. What about the personal brand then? So what about Lucy Blackley and the personal brand? Have you felt like you've needed to develop that or you, you're, you are developing it or you want to be more of an influence on the industry as a result of having your own business is that part of the journey for you you know um because i've i put my face on a lot of my stuff mm. and prior to that i didn't put my I, I said i want to be behind the scenes i don't want anyone seeing me anyone hearing from me but my business didn't do well mm. and you know it it was uh it was a it was a we tried it it didn't work and i was like what can i do to differentiate myself from other brands put your face on mm. you've worked in the industry you know how people feel. Mm. You know why you're doing it. So now I'm on everything talking and my face is there and it's unfortunate for some people. I'm not sure. But, you know, um, it's just, yeah, you've, you've got to put yourself out there nowadays because people buy people. Yeah. And, you know, if people can't, uh, you know, see someone there that kind of sympathizes, empathizes, understands them, mm. you, you know, they're, they're not going to buy into you. And that's been the success of of Bombix now is that they see someone there that's very experienced in their industry and can help them to you know streamline their process or, or yeah. whatever so yeah I've, I've become a brand well because you're definitely doing more in terms of I, I mean you're definitely in a lot of magazines and um you I've seen recently that you've been doing articles you've been doing some podcasty bloggy stuff for Barclays and things like that so you're 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 out there and you're talking a lot about not just your business, but actually the life of a of a businesswoman of, of running yeah. of running an industry, which is it, I think it's become so important now. Like people want to hear from the mind behind the business. I guess you know, as you say, it's it's a it's a personal game, really. Is, is it more so personal building the personal brand over the business? Do you think? I mean, people want grit, yeah. you know, and I, absolutely, I, I love a bit of grit, and I've got I've got loads of it. I've got loads of stories to tell. I've got loads of. I talk, you know, I've, I was at the bonus arena for the Humber Tech Expo yeah. and I was speaking and people came up to me the next day. People came to the office the next day. Oh, I want to talk to you. I saw you this. I thought it was great. I've had so many failures to get to where I am now. Mm. And, you know, I've got, I've had the, uh, you know, we spoke about it a bit yesterday, like having that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not just a woman thing. It's um, men get it. Everyone gets mm. it. And, it, you know, I think people want to know, especially people that are working in business, they want to know if you feel the same as they do. Mm. They want to have that comfort in knowing that how they feel isn't unique to them. Yeah, I think people need that because there's so much front, isn't there, in business? There's Social so, media, especially. Yeah, yeah. And like you think everybody's like, you know, the, the ones that are, appear to be successful and, and putting across all this wonderful stuff. And you think, you know, they're, they're, they're untouchable, these people. But actually... Everyone's pretty much in the same boat, you know, especially if you're running a business, if you're thinking in entrepreneur yeah. terms. Uh, everyone's a bit worried about, as you say, imposter syndrome. Everyone's a bit worried about being challenged. Everyone's, do, do we look silly? Do I sound like I know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that goes on. You know, am I making the right thing? Does that social pace look good? Does this podcast sound good? You yeah, know, yeah, all of this absolutely. stuff, you go on and on and on. And we spoke a little bit about it yesterday. But I think it's fair to say that um, pretty much anyone who's running any form of entity it's got that feeling somewhere in there, even if they even if they're fronting it out because they're human. Yeah, you know, and the, that that form of anxiety is is inside all of us. And it, as we said at the start of this this episode, is that it's such a leap to go into that. It's scary. It, it you know, and yeah, I don't think you ever really lose that. But it's kind of what keeps you going. It definitely keeps you going. You know, like yeah. um, I don't. You know, as I said, like you know, at the beginning when I was as the the last job that I had before I took this on, I, I was made, uh, made redundant. I thought I'd failed so badly. I was like, how have I failed? I've got really a high skill level in, in my field and I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. How have I failed? Mm. And I came back and I was like, oh my God, what 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 am I doing? What am I doing here in, in Hull? You know, I was born here. Mm. And I, I was living in Berlin and I was traveling every four to six weeks to Mauritius, Madagascar, Hong Kong, mainland China, Beijing, mm. um, India, Bangladesh, all over Europe. And, you know, five-star hotels, uh, flights, whatever. And then I came back to a startup, for, you know, originally starting in, in my kitchen with my dog and going absolutely mental, mm. just looking at the wall and not having any interaction with people because I didn't think there was people around here like myself that were entrepreneurial until I discovered C4DI. Mm. I called them up and they picked up the phone and I said, I'm having a mental breakdown. I need to see you. And I think they thought that it was 
they thought that I was calling a therapist. <laughs> and, you know, and I said, and there was like, I'm, I'm sorry, this is uh, the Centre for Digital Innovation. I was like, yes, I know, and I need to see you. I'm, and I explained my situation. Do you want to come in next week? I was like, how about now? And then, you know, the rest is history. But yeah. we all have doubt, and it is scary, and we do feel like we're failing. But it's those, like you said, those failures, or those what we think are failures at the time, mm. it's not. It's just, it's just redirecting you towards perfecting whatever you're doing and obviously nothing's ever perfect but yeah. improving on it mm. and the sooner you realize that and that all these social media fronts are bullshit in a lot of way yeah definitely, um, definitely. the more you'll feel okay about yeah, it you yeah. know and i think I, yeah that that's a really important point actually to get across is that um you know for those listening if, if you're in this world and you're worried about what you're doing don't worry about failing. Fail, fail, and fail, and fail again because you're going to. So you're gonna to have to accept it and respect it, yeah, and then learn from it. You know, and and the the unless you win in the lottery or something like that, it's not real. The most of the stuff that you're seeing in terms of kind of basically anyone that's showy. So anyone that's really po- you know, if you're posing in front of a nice flash car and stuff like that, the likelihood is most of that is from to develop some form of brand or some form of influence over you. The, the actual, the very successful people are not flashy at all. You know, they're, they're so passionate and focused on their business and reading and learning and all yeah. that kind of stuff that that's where their life is. Yeah. Um, and the ones that are in that world, you find, are probably more, um, have better morals, you know. So when they find that success, they use it to give other people a leg up or they share it yeah. or they're philanthropic or whatever. Um, and so, you know, don't make like the material and the front end of it be your, your aspiration, I think is, is very much a point. You yeah. know, it's, it just makes no sense. Don't, don't do something just to make money. Really yeah. find your passion. Yeah. Because, you know, as I said, you know, you do feel like you're failing. But actually, you know, over this last year, my business is doing incredibly well. And it's all through empathy and, you know, understanding that it's done well. Mm. Money, uh, in comparison to last year versus this year, it's up 146%. Mm. Uh, you know, the amount of companies that have signed up, I think is up 300%. And I think uh, the amount of users uh, is up 800%. Mm. So that goes to show that the companies that are coming onto us now are, are bigger companies, you know, yeah. and it's growing. Mm. And so, you know, for me, sometimes I still look back and I don't, I'll, I'll still have those moments where I wake up, I probably woke up this morning thinking, you know, what do I need to do? What am I doing so wrong? And then you actually, if you go back and list or verbalize everything you've done, you're like, actually, this is really incredible. But that's testament, isn't it? To perseverance and also to enjoying what you do, you know, loving your, your job. You know, if you, if you was doing that, if you're doing Bombix and you, you was just because I want to be a millionaire or whatever, you know, I just want to make loads of money, yeah. then you probably wouldn't have got that sense of growth that you wouldn't have yeah. had that growth because you wouldn't you'd have been looking in all the wrong areas because you would have been looking for the quick fix as opposed to building the building the brand and building the trust yeah. that you now have. I mean every time we make money, I'm looking at ways to reinvest it to improve the product to yeah. help those people not have that numbness in the industry. Because you know in the fashion industry you see a lot of stuff about ethical stuff mm. and some people look at this stuff and they don't even think anything of it. And because they're so numb because their jobs are so busy. Yeah. So the idea is that the software can take them from that Give them a little bit of heart to say, you know, you are human. That isn't right. Mm. You know, don't stop. I don't know. I just feel like people get so busy that they become numb mm. to things that aren't right. Yeah. You know, and I want to help that. Start there mm. and then go through the supply chain. Because every time I think about, you know, what if the company makes money? I keep thinking how many jobs I can create. How many, you know, I want to set up, you know, um, non-profits and uh, you know charities and things to really improve the industry mm. i'm never thinking oh can i can i have you know what new car can i get or what big house can i get exactly, i mean yeah. it's always the dream it's always nice but you know i i just can't imagine well i mean i always think success if you really want if you talk material things or success I mean, there's nothing wrong with success i have to stress you know that it's often frowned upon you know and there's a lot of that in politics at the moment but success and morally and by hard work and passion and by giving, creating jobs and things like that. I think it's a good thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's not the reason to do it. If, if it comes off the back of that, well done, that's yeah, great. And then right. use that to do more. Um, but don't make that the goal. Make, I mean, yeah. make, make your goal happy because, uh, you know, we're not here for very long. And yeah. so if you're chasing for the dream, the golden egg, you're probably going to be disappointed. Well, you can't take it with you. Exactly. When you've snuffed it, you're six feet under, you can't take any of that with you. Mm. But, you know, you've, if, you, if you're happy, you've got purpose. And I wake up every day and I, I've got real purpose. Yeah. I love what I do. I love the people that are around me and support me. But, you know, just speaking about that success thing, you know, sometimes it's hard. I mean, I don't know, you know, obviously 
I just think sometimes it's hard harder for a woman to accept her own success mm. because there's a lot of people that do I mean probably is for men as well and mm. you know minorities mm. and whatever but there's a lot of uh, there's difficulty in being a successful woman sometimes because people want to bring you down or they don't want to be with you or around you and it's all about I think sometimes as well as women we've had that kind of thing growing up you know you know you should be this way or you should be that way and you know in magazines for years you know beauty standards were very white woman skinny blonde that's how you should look mm. and you know and it's you know we all grew up insecure with what we should be doing and stuff and sometimes we feel guilty for our success mm. because of the people around us but you can change that you know for me now I feel stronger than ever to say that isn't serving me or them and removing those negative people from your life and just bringing in people that do care about you that do want to support you because it's all right you saying you're successful but your success is everyone around you and your success is their success because yeah. they're the ones that are rooting for you. That's right. That's right and yeah. you just, you need to remove that negativity. You know, yeah. it's hard. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you... And, and, and probably enabling it as well. Those people around you are enabling your success to some extent as well. You might be the founder or whatever, but those people that you're using, utilizing, working with, buying from, selling to, whatever, you know, all it's of it. family is... and friends, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Having those people that care about your success is yeah. so important. And yeah. it's what motivates me because when they are like, go and get them, you know, and they're rooting for you. Mm. It makes you feel good and you mm. can't wait to spend time with them and talk about what you're doing to change the world because that's mm. all we want to do, yeah. you know. And, you know, there's, there are people there that do want to bring you down, yeah. that don't want to be around you unless you're unhappy or whatever. And it's just like, right, okay, time to change. And you've got to stay away from that space, right? I mean, the, the, the whole negativity and being around sort of negative people. Yeah. Um, it can be such a, a it's downer, a drain. Kind of, it really is a drain, isn't it? I mean, mentally, physically, it just affects everything, you know. Yeah. And I, 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 again, I stress to people that are listening: if you're in this industry or you're trying to build something, you know, be true to yourself. You know, yeah. there, there will be everybody that wants to either put you down, slag you on social media, say that you're not good enough, whatever. And it doesn't matter what industry or whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. My goodness, close your mind because they remove them. Yeah. Don't you know? If, I'm not just going to say don't read the comments or whatever if it's on social media because you're going to anyway. Just don't care about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had so many people from big corporations trying to take my articles down, telling me to stay in my lane, that I'm a stupid woman. Mm. It's like, well, I'm not. You know, people are buying into what I'm selling and I'm, what I'm selling is for them to get their lives back and have that work-life balance mm. and love what they do, be more efficient and create great businesses and great, great products. Mm. And if someone is looking at you and telling you that you're stupid or that you don't know what you're doing or to stay in your lane, you're doing something right, mm, you know, mm. because you just don't need them. Well, it's usually, yeah, it's usually a sign of worry that you're 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 encroaching in their area sort of thing. And it's usually a sign of panic as opposed to, um, you know, with the negativity that comes out, it's like, well, I don't want you near me because now you're getting into my space. And so the negative kind of pushback. So I think you're right. I think you're doing something right, usually, you know, if that comes up. But we can work together and do things better. You yeah. know, that's what that, I was exactly. saying. Yeah, but yeah, if they yeah. don't want to, then that's fine. I don't yeah, want to be around yeah. them anyway. Yeah. But there are yeah. people that do not want you to be happy or content or successful. And they they feel insecure around you and stuff. But that's not your problem. No. You know, I mean, what about you? I mean, did you do you, as... As a guide, how do you feel about, you know, feeling about success? Do you do you still have those same things where people are trying to bring you down or feel intimidated by you? What's what's your stance? Because I never I never know about what it is from a from a man's perspective. I have it all the time, all the time. I definitely feel imposter syndrome. I get it all the time in, in every every avenue of work that I've been in. Um and um I think actually everybody has this. Um and I think you're right to say that perhaps men are not as forward about this because there is still this weird kind of feeling that men have to be successful. You know, it's almost harder for them not to be successful, yeah. you know, uh, whilst on the flip reverse, you know, we want women to be successful. Um, but it's, it's almost like it's been such a challenge for you, for you to be able to get into that, you know, well, we're, we're exactly the same as you. We can be as, as, yeah. as success, successful as you. And I think that's a real problem, you know, so the, 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 it's like the roles have reversed, you know, because we're expected to not disappoint, we, we don't show our weakness, yeah. even though we're suffering. You feel the pressure. You feel the pressure more, yeah. And I think there's a lot of that. And I, I, I think, I defy anybody really to say that they don't feel that at one point or another. Even if even if you are incredibly successful and you make loads of money and you employ loads of people or whatever, there's always some aspect of it, the next move that you're going to take or the next decision you're going to make 
where you, you're doubting yourself and saying, look, do I know where to, what the next step is? You know, sometimes it is just gut feeling. Yeah. I think, you know, over um, uh, skills or, or whatever. I mean, that's that's a real big thing. And, and just to go back to that negative comments thing as well, anybody who's judging you based on background in terms of like where you've come from, your history or what you studied or the piece of paper you've got or whatever, makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah. We're in a completely different world now. And I think that just makes absolutely no sense. I think the best innovators and the best people that can drive a company forward are the, pe- are the people that are, are able to think and be creative and think about how to address a barrier or a problem or an opportunity or whatever, rather than what they their university degree told them that they're able to. I mean, do. I did garment technology, and now I'm in technology, like, you know, like actual tech, Yeah, totally different. And yeah. I, I taught myself, I had to understand what I was doing. I brought in experts and I worked alongside them and I, you, you learn the ropes, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you, you, anyone could do anything if you yeah. put your mind to any, it's literally possible to do anything. And yeah, anyone yeah. tells you that it's not, just Yeah, I, I think so. I think people listening, if, you, if you're worried, you're hearing negativity, you're worried about taking the leap or anything like that, you, you're not alone. You're one of millions that yeah. are all trying to do that thing. And the best thing they can do is talk to people, right? Get involved in spaces like this, in, yeah. in community spaces, be around other business owners, entrepreneurs. You'll find quite quickly that, um, as soon as you remove yourself from isolation, you'll find that you have more in common with the people around you than what, oh, what you think. And that's exactly what I did. You know, yeah. going from another city where I had loads of friends to back here where I didn't know anyone anymore. Coming here and like, as I was talking about, you know, uh, and all the people here are great. You know, there's very there's a few women here and it's growing. But the beauty of this place from a woman's perspective is the amount of incredible men that are in this place mm. that don't see you as... Uh, just a woman they see you that you're you know you've got drive you've got great ideas and they push you they push you to succeed and those are the kind of men that women need to be around you know mm. we've had uh we've had you know women in tech events and all sorts and you know it, it's great but we must stop and say actually thanks to the guys that stood by me and said hey actually she's saying something mm. listen to her or you can do this and they don't treat you any differently to men and the, those that's the great thing about this place there's so many men in here that support the few women and it's getting better in the tech industry where more women are coming forward sure, sure. but we need those men those great men to mm. be able to you know bring us in and say you know you can do it you know it yeah. helps when everyone supports everyone i mean at the end of the day we're in it we're in a time i mean not that this should have ever been in place but in terms of how society has moved on we're now very much in a world where like there's it it just it's ridiculous to me that anything would be unequal in yeah, terms yeah. of based on gender, sexual preference, race, whatever background, rich, poor, whatever it is. Because like we we all have pretty much have the same opportunity and the same um tools at our disposal for the most part. Particularly in the Western world at least. Yeah, anyway. yeah, of you course. know, you can go on forever in, in the globalization. But I mean to, in certainly in the Western world. So any judgment of anybody being lesser or better than based on any of those characters just Never should have been the case, but certainly in today's world, just makes no sense to me. Well, you know, it's a shame because yeah. it's still very unequal, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's getting better and we just need to be around people that do support each other and don't see these, uh, you know, these things like these, you know, your gender, your sexual preference or whatever, that doesn't define you as a person. It's a part of you, mm. but it doesn't define you. You shouldn't be judged or treated, you know, unequal based no. on that. Mm. So, yeah, I mean... You just find your spot. Come to a co-working like this if you are an entrepreneur. And, you know... Just be a good person. Find your tribe. I mean, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? Be a good person. You know, if, you, if you're a good person, you know, you understand this stuff. You have to be... To, to think in any other way, you have to be either quite sad yeah. um, inside, you know, and there's something that's actually making you unhappy, which is making you why you, why you react like that. Um, or... Um, I can't think of another good reason, but you're quite an angry person to think like yeah. that. Because really, you have to. Do, a good person just doesn't think like that. You know, a good person yeah. just says, "Look, we're all equal. Let's let's see how we can help each other out." And just don't be a dick. Yeah, you know, that's a good line. Uh, you well. know, just be rich here, like you know, in your heart. Sure. I think that's the win. I think good things come to those that that are kind and that have, you know, you know these. Uh, they've just got good hearts. Yeah. Well, I think if you give without expectation as well, it's those people that usually. 
succeed you know yeah. and you but the thing is you have the people that have been scolded so much that they're bitter about that sure so but you know it's coming out of that mindset and saying not everyone is like that yeah yeah and you can still be that person you can still succeed yeah yeah i think it's really important okay so uh, just moving forward then the next next five years would i mean i suppose that sounds like an interview question <laughs> next, what's what's the next five years look like for you but where, where do you see bombix going what, what what's the, what's the next step of your journey do you think um i mean i have to take every day as it comes but you know developing from a plm into an end-to-end -end solution and because it's already on its way that way yeah. i want to look at artificial intelligence i want to look at virtual reality i want to look at 3d i oh. want to work with some great companies that are already doing those things and are experts in them to create a stronger product. I'm working with the University College London, you know, I'm working with some universities across the UK, some academics, I'm working with some top business people and some real industry figures. And I just think we're gonna grow, but we're gonna grow organically in a way that's natural and not force anything. You know, I feel like what I've said, bring everyone together and collaborate, create mm -hmm. get great product. But honestly, I don't know what the hell is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, really, I really have no clue, but that's kind of the beauty of being an entrepreneur. It's the journey, isn't it? It's the, it's, the, it's the, a risk. The roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't like the journey. We don't like that. Don't what, what's the word we can use instead it's of that? It's just overused. Yeah, and especially yeah. in fashion, it's yeah, overused. Yeah. So uh, that's where yeah. I've got it from. Yeah, I think yeah. I heard Anna Wintour say that she hated the word and it really stuck with me. I was like, actually, <laughs> I hate the word, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I have no idea what's, what's going on, but that is it. You know, the, yeah. the risks and the changes. And you've got to move quickly with the times, you yeah. know, and that's the thing about being an entrepreneur. You've got to be relevant and you've got to be present in change. Yeah. So we are going to improve the system even more so than it. it's a brilliant system now, but we want to keep giving people more mm. value to create better products that is sustainable, that is ethical. They love what they do. They can sleep at night. They're not worried that China's into the next day and their production's gone wrong. They can go home, have their work-life balance, spend time with their loved ones and come back to doing what they love, just creating a better working culture and a thing where people love what they do, you know. Is there a positive message to end on? Where, where, where can we find out more about Bombix? Uh, so yeah, we're on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Google My Business and bombixplm.com. Uh, but I'm literally, my face is all over the internet. So if you really want to look, you know, you can you, do. You will find yeah, me. Yeah, you I, will find me. I, the thing I, is, uh, don't give anyone an opportunity to leave. If you're writing an article, yeah. record an audio version, do a video. Yeah. Just don't give anyone an opportunity to leave. So you're going to find me somewhere. Yeah. Lucy, this has been really good fun. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. I Thank think we so could much. talk about some of this stuff forever because I mean, there's just a thousand. I'm sure we causes will. me brisk on this. No, listen out for part two, three, yeah, and four because yeah. I'm sure it's coming. Well, we soon. can go offline, have coffee, whatever. But no, thanks. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure, and it's nice just to kind of talk with people from different industries. It makes things interesting because you realise that you're all going through the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Lucy. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Willis Talks. If you enjoyed that, be sure to subscribe to the Willis Talks podcast and share on your social media channels. And you can also find me across all the social media channels at Willis Talks. Until next time, see ya.